This podcast is the overflow of a three and a half minute song called Jesus Happened. You can expect raw and real conversation, stories, and testimonies of my personal Jesus Happened moment, along with many others. So here we go with another episode of the Jesus Happened podcast. What is up, y'all? I'm Baylor Wilson, and I'm back with another episode of the Jesus Happened Podcast. It has been such a joy and pleasure to share my own personal Jesus Happened story in this podcast format. Yeah. So as I was praying about what God wanted to do through the podcast, I felt like he was not only leading me to tell my Jesus story, but also leading me to bring on some of my friends and fellow saints And I have one of those friends here with me today. This week, my special guest is my dear, dear friend who I have loved running this race of faith with, who has been such a great friend to me over the last few years, uh, Miss Angelica Farino. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. How are you? So happy to be here. I'm doing so good. She's in my kitchen, y'all. This is so fun to have people face to face. Um, And she's drinking some tea. Baylor made me tea. I didn't have her favorite London Fog tea today, which... Totally okay. Jelly... Oh, well, let me tell everyone. (laughs) Angelica's nickname for me is... Well, first it was Jell, which a lot of people call her Jell. Then it, it went to Jelly... And then for one day, for some reason, I don't know, remember why. Do you remember why? I don't remember. I started calling her Jelly Pop. And she then sure it, did. It, it, you know, it, it's, it's gone into Jelly Pop Central, Jelly Pop Land, <laughs> Jelly Pop Pop, Popperson's. Angelica is her, her God-given name, though. So, hi, Jell. Hi. Oh, this is I'm so, so excited. Oh. Okay, so you've heard some of the other episodes of my podcast. You've heard the song. Will you tell everyone about what happened when my song came out and what you texted me that day? (laughs) I love this because I just feel like it was the Lord. I saw that Jesus happened and I was like, hallelujah. And he keeps happening. Yes. Because it's true. He still, he happened and he's still happening. He's happening right now in this kitchen with us, um, on this podcast. And I was so encouraged when she said that because what, what some people don't realize is when you have like your first still happening. Yeah. When you have your first Jesus moment, like whether it's in a church pew or your car or wherever you are, your, your prayer closet, you know what I mean? Um, that doesn't mean that that was the first time he was actually with you. In fact, he was with you way before you knew you just came to realize that he was with you. Um, and then got saved. And so will you tell me a little bit about, um, kind of your pre Jesus life, like where you're from, you know, your background, some of your interests, like where did you come from as far as like, what did you know about Jesus before he happened to you? Yeah. Um, oh, it's so crazy. So I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hey. Shout out to Pittsburgh. <laughs> I always felt like I was meant to be in the South, maybe. Some people told me that. <laughs> it's true, except you do have some things that you say that are very PA. Like, <laughs> what are some of the things that we make fun of you for? I don't know. They just like to laugh at me. It's totally all in love. And the thing that we love about Angelica is that she doesn't know how funny she is, and her quirks are, like, the best part about her. So that's why I think... 
we make her slightly nervous sometimes because we will laugh at her even though she's being very serious. So, but in all seriousness, she is one of the most amazing people. And so she's from P- Pittsburgh. Keep going. So yeah, grew up in um, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, only child, um, white picket fence kind of house, just um, great childhood. When I was a teenager though, so I didn't know God at all. We were always, I would say like moral people but no foundation of faith, anything like that. All I knew, I say, is that um, my friends who were Catholic couldn't spend the night on Saturdays because they had to go to CCD in the morning. (laughs) And that's what what I knew of the church. What did you believe? Like, what did you believe in anything? Did you ever think about God? I did. I feel like I knew there was something bigger than all of this. And really, that's what led into when I found him or he found me, however that works. I kind of got into the party scene, you know, just the world's way of like what's presented when you're growing up. And when I was like around 13, seventh grade, (laughs) super crucial developmental time, my parents went through an unexpected divorce and it really went on for a while and it was really hard. And as the only (laughs) child, you can just imagine how that puts you in the middle. And I know my parents were doing the best they could at the time, but they got really preoccupied with different things. Um, My mom would go out, drive around, not come back kind of leave me as a messenger to communicate some really hard things um, between her and my dad. And so my world as I knew it in that time was being flipped upside down (laughs) from what it had always been. And um, I always say before I had God, I had horses. <laughs> yes. I am a horse girl through and through. Yes, she is, y'all. <laughs> and now she she works and volunteers at Freedom Reigns. Yes. Right? Do, they, do you actually ministry. work there or just, just volunteer? I'm a volunteer. Okay, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, she it's a it's a stable here in Tennessee. Yes. In Franklin? Is that where it is? Yeah, it's in Spring okay. Hill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still haven't gotten out there yet, but she says that she'll let me Let's ride go. with her one Let's day. Go. Um, okay, so keep going. Yeah, and so I will say sometimes before I had God, I had horses because <laughs> it's the one thing I always stuck with, tried like every sport in the book and loved riding because it felt it felt like I would just get on and fly. And when there's wow. so much going on in my life, in my little heart, so much turmoil, so much tension, like in my home, you can just imagine you could cut the tension with a knife. And I know wow. you understand some of that. Absolutely. Because we talked about yeah, we talk about just we, a broken home. Yeah, we nerd out about like counseling terms and parentification and... <laughs> Role reversal, role reversal, being there for your codependence. Parents. Like uh, Jelly and I have definitely experienced similar upbringings in in the sense of being child children of divorce, um, divorced right. parents. So and I had a lot of friends at that time with parents getting divorced around me, and so wow. thinking back and reflecting on it, I never truly knew what love was. <laughs> you know, God wasn't modeled. I didn't know Him. Um, always had an interest. Always felt like there was more. Like I said, and so when I was trying to fit in and be with friends or like make life okay all the days that were hard I would just go to the barn and I would just ride and fly and when you're riding in the moment it's like there's nothing else you can focus on because you're on this animal and you're connecting and I would cry and hug the horse necks and felt like they understood when nobody else did wow Um, the immense pain in my heart but having to be okay and be stable for the people crumbling around me that were like not only twice your age but also your parents right Mm -hmm. wow Mm -hmm. ugh Okay, so at what age did did Jesus happen to you the first time? It was in seventh, eighth grade-ish. It's kind of a blur. But I remember right before I got into like cross jewelry, which sounds so funny, but I was like, (laughs) oh, I'm kind of in the God thing. I think my, I actually told my cousin that one day. Oh my gosh. And um, my mom's coworker, long story short, basically ended up inviting us to the church I got saved in. Come on. I literally rebuilt my life and... um, 
everything, my home in the church, in God, in that place. I encountered him. I remember just getting saved and it was like an acceleration of faith truly. And faith is a gift. And I believe as a 14 year old, he put this hunger in me that I still have for him. And he's so faithful through every season. And I just remember I wanted as much of God as I could have. And I would stay up all night. I would actually miss school. I'd be in the Bible under my blankets with a flashlight. I remember um, clearly reading through the entire book of Isaiah um, and just staying up all night and like, God is real. He loves me. And you were just like eating the word. Oh my gosh. I really do feel like he was my teacher. And yes, I was under beautiful leadership and I'm so thankful for my foundation. I learned about the importance of the word and faith and the move of the spirit. And I got filled with the spirit, baptized all at church camp in a cornfield in Illinois, um, about like 10 or 13 hours away from where I live. And I just wanted all of him. And the interesting thing is that I was just growing in faith, exploding in faith and was stabilizing in God despite what was happening around me. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. So he, he truly did um, like reveal himself to you as the only stable one. The only unchanging oh one. Oh my gosh, I just realized you were going from the stables, the barn stables, to the stable one. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. And I do believe that because, um, you know, horses were consistent, but I realized, you know what, God never changes. Come on. And... I actually had to hide books and I was joining small groups and had people speaking into my life where I was like, wait, I need godly wisdom. That's something my parents don't have. And so I was Mm -hmm. actually, you know, hiding books about speaking in tongues, things like that in my (laughs) pillowcases at night. Um, Were they, were they not? I was getting persecuted by my own family and my mom was strongly opposed. She would admit that now and and she (laughs) serves Jesus now and loves him and speaks truth, but um, not at that time. It was strong, strong dissension Ooh. in our relationship. In the home. Absolutely. So you have, I'm sure you have a lot of empathy and compassion on on children that have been been in broken homes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and we'll get to the to yes. it in a little bit. When, of, I, of, when I met God, I met real love. I never <laughs> really actually known love. I didn't believe in it. Wow. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay, so. He's so good. So, he's so good. <laughs> So he happens to you in this church. You start serving him like mm-hmm. full, I mean, pendulum swing from not knowing who he was, really well, not desires caring. Desires changed. Things yeah. fell off. Completely just started living wow. my life for him. I, I made the word of God the governing standard for my life. Wow. I really did. And Thank it was you, different. My peer groups changed. It, it changed from having sleepovers and parties to who wants to pray the salvation prayer because <laughs> eternity mattered. And I really do feel like he gave me that eternal perspective. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. At an early age. Yeah. I mean, that's very rare, um, especially like talk about supernatural. I mean, he did it himself. There, I mean, I'm sure pastors were speaking into your life, but like, God saved you. You know what yeah, I mean? Cause a lot of times you me and completely saved me. And I believe, you know, there were some things, anxiety, which we're going to talk about that yeah. I had massive and intense anxiety Wow, in every area of my life. Yeah. Okay. So, so move a little forward, move a little past that moment into, um, you know, high school and after high school and college, like what, how did, how did your desires shift and how did Jesus happening to you that first time change the trajectory of your quote unquote dreams and your desires. And like, what were you doing, um, after that? 
Yeah. So um, Jesus became central to my life, everything I cared about, everything that mattered. Um, I went to college and studied human services because I said, I want to do people things. You know, even as a little girl, (laughs) I would like my Barbies would counsel each other and just had such a heart and compassion for people. I can so see that. It's incredible. (laughs) And so... um, studied that with a counseling focus, just was an RA. It was like my yeah. ministry, just pouring into everyone who, who would listen around me, wow. meeting with girls, always had a heart for younger girls. So served as a student leader, became a youth leader. And ultimately, um, right after college, I just thought, you know what? At first I wanted to study broadcast journalism, which is funny, really be a news anchor or something I could so see before that I was too. saved. <laughs> but then I felt like this deep purpose in um, just giving back in what Jesus did in me. Like everybody needs to know. I felt that. And I still feel that very strongly. It doesn't matter who comes against me. It's all that matters. He's all that matters. And you can actually live a new and different life in him. Come on. And so um, I came on staff at my church actually right after college, started serving um, Next Generations Ministry, basically anywhere from kids up to college age. um, You just said yes to it all. Anything that was asked of me. Yeah. Yeah, I just said yes. I just wanted all that I could do. So um, I knew God. I was growing, growing, growing. And just because I was still in a lot of anxiety, I had a lot of misplaced identity and things that needed to be worked out of me and healed. Wow. Um, and he did so much, but I think there was so, you know, we're so layered. Yeah. Before <laughs> um, we started, you read the definition of anxiety. Will you, will you read it really quick? Yeah. Um, I thought this was like really important because when I was praying about this episode, um, I've, I've heard Angelica's testimony before and I know how much she's walked out away from anxiety and been delivered of it over and over again. And also not only that, but then she chooses to believe the Bible, which says to be anxious for nothing. Nothing. Um, Do not be anxious. Um, And so read the definition for us. Okay. So the definition of anxiety is intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. Wow. Also worry, nervousness, or unease typically about an event with an uncertain outcome. (laughs) And so anxiety is future focused more so. Wow. And he says, do not worry about tomorrow. Woo! He says, do not worry it's about tomorrow. Right. Be anxious for nothing. There's never a reason. There's and never. Anxiety's in the fear family. Oh, oh. And perfect love. Cast out Who is God casts fear. out all of it. Amen. And, and so, so I was still living in a lot of that wow. in, the, in these roles I was in. Would you say you didn't know how loved you true? Like you didn't know slash believe how loved you were maybe, which is what was causing the anxiety maybe. Yeah, I just don't think there were just still a lot of cracks and gaps. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was a perfectionist. I would say <laughs> I had a lot of misplaced identity. Um, I was. I went on and on and was not really feeling peace or joy. And I didn't know what was happening. I was confessing the word. I was doing all I needed to do. But wow. truly, I was um, running myself thin. It was really Jesus. unhealthy. And um, and you were in ministry. Yes. Uh huh. Like you weren't mm-hmm. even in the world. I had a lot of fear of man, anxiety, perfectionism. I got very used to living under pressure that I had lived under for years. Wow. And I didn't know I could be fully free. And I was so used to pressure that I didn't know there was another option. So Woo. when I was in ministry in the church, it just looked different. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah. But you still operated under it because you were used to it. Mm-hmm. So it didn't. Mm-hmm. It, so it, I was heaping responsibility and pressure on myself. <sighs> To do things right, Woo. do them well, do them with excellence, and um, didn't know what was happening inside of me. 
You were just like dying probably. I was sick. I couldn't eat. I was having panic attacks. I had a panic attack so bad one day. Um, my roommate at the time remembers this in Pittsburgh that I was like pasted on the floor. I came back one day and was just on the floor. Ooh. And I remember I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I reached for my Bible and I could <laughs> hardly reach for it. Um, and someone called me and they're like, it's going to be okay. Um, you know, do you need someone to call and eat an ambulance? And I was so nervous because I'd never been physically debilitated like that wow. where it felt like I was dying. Like my heart was going to come out of my chest. And then that same night it was like, okay, um, get up and lead a small group. I had a group of about 20 girls Woo. coming over where I was a leader about living in freedom every day. Jesus. And I've repented for this because I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when it started getting really real. Mm-hmm. something was off of looking but I thought this was the dream I thought this was where I was yeah. supposed to be I was speaking leading in many capacities you had the spotlight on you in a, in a certain and by arena. the grace of God that you know doing the best of my <laughs> human ability but we can't do anything in our own strength amen and that's what was happening I was you running were doing on it. fumes right and so I, I didn't realize I had this misplaced identity in ministry it has to be full-time ministry instead of just him <laughs> and so, so talk I, was, about that. I was striving, you know, the Bible says strive only to enter into rest. Woo! I don't think I knew what that meant. And, um, you know, I didn't know how to have peace before a situation was resolved. And so I got two ministry dream jobs, essentially straight out of college, thought it was favor. Um, and I was very used to having plan A, <laughs> plan B, plan C. And honestly, wow. I'd never interviewed for a job I didn't get. Opportunities would come. I truly believed it was his blessing, you know, and I wanted to honor him and please him. I always had a heart for God. Yeah. It started very pure. And so I think one of the biggest stressors of this generation and was for me, I wish I could tell every young girl, I always say that is that, um, we need to stop just trying to find our purpose. You know, Christian college, different places will set you up for find the purpose, find the call, hustle, do it. And he is our purpose. He is. I it. wish I would have known <laughs> the greatest calling is to his heart. That's all I needed. That's all I wanted deep down. But um, moving forward, so from that job, that season ended, got an opportunity in Nashville, again, with a dream ministry, working with girls who've been through trauma, um, came on there. And um, again, it was like the dream. Everyone knows I'm coming. Big send off. Seeing miracles truly every weekend because Jesus is our only true healer. Amen. Speaking to girls leading. I was speaking on campuses before I moved just like this explosion and you know it's really important to know it takes character godly character um, to hold that right or else like we will crumble and that's what I think I love what you said a second ago like doing things in your own strength led to like misery death destruction and just like my faith was connected to an outcome Woo! And that never works. No, because I had this giant picture of what it needed to look like. And something I love that our pastor says is we have to burn our pictures of what it's supposed to look like. And I was like the queen of pictures. I had a whole photo album going on because (laughs) I let so much be attached um, to what happened. You know, the approval of man basically plagued my life. um, (laughs) And all that had to die so that I could truly live because surrender 
really is the key. And so both of those jobs I didn't stay in, you know, one crashed and burned six months after I lived here and I truly didn't know what I was going to do with myself. I, I thought I blew God's plan for my life at 24 years old. And I remember the day I didn't even know, walked in blindsided, tears streaming down my face, rain. I actually drove to my pastor's house, didn't even know if they were there. I'd only lived here for six months, but I remember feeling I just collapsed. I physically collapsed on the stairs and I remember not wanting to wake up the next day and not in a suicidal way, but I had so felt that I blew God's plan for my life and I was such a disappointment. What could I possibly be living for? Jesus. And I'm sure a lot of people listening have either had that experience or are having that experience um, that you had. I mean, I know for me and for a lot of our friend group, we've all walked through that moment in our life, like blowing God's plan for our life or or blowing our own plan. You know what I mean? Because we, for some reason, think we're amazing and holding ourselves up to this standard that literally God never asked us to hold ourselves up to. Yeah, it was so much pressure. Jesus. So what does peace look like to you? you know, and, and we can talk about what your job is now and we'll get to that in a second. But, but explain to me, like, how does, how do you live in peace when you've walked away from so much anxiety and even in Mm -hmm. ministry? Like, what does that look like? One of the biggest things I've learned in a lot through our church, you know, is that we can have peace before there's resolution or a conversation. If I truly believe who God says he is, and I do, then I can be in peace no matter what's happening, whether I understand or not. It would have been easier to say bitter or angry, but I, I, I can't do that. Yeah. I honor him. He's pleased by my faith and Amen. by my trust, and I love him. <laughs> and so fear of the Lord was a lot of coming into that, yep. um, caring more about him yeah. than appearing right. Or, you know, so many mindset shifts. There was like an unraveling and an unlearning that I went through of all the pressure. You know, it was like a big paradigm shift if that's even the right word that is I kind of that is that word but you but know, it's true of, like of a shifting mindset yeah of the renewing of my mind around the word yeah he had to like actually renew not only your mind around the word obviously we all need that for sure first and foremost and, and forever until we get to heaven but he also had to renew the way you thought about yourself probably like yeah. <laughs> heavily I bet mm-hmm, and the way mm-hmm. and this this like like, is he enough every day for me? Yeah. Because that, you know, I'm not going to look for me. Don't look to yourself. That Ooh. almost killed me. And and I am supposed to be dead, dead to myself, dead to this life. And now <laughs> I worship him every day because I know he's more than enough. And the point isn't to have a great ministry. It's to know God. Oh. And my life is ministry. I remember after all that happened, I flipped open and, um, I think in Matthew to where it says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast yes. out demons, set the oppressed free. Yes. And I'm like, I wrote in there the dream job. Amen. And now I truly haven't cared. You know, if I hang on to my life, I'm going to lose it. But if I give it up for his sake and for the sake of the good news, I will truly find it. Amen. I don't want to um, gain the whole world or gain a dream ministry job. world in the dream and lose my soul. Cause I was the biggest person on that and I had to do this and I still do. It's, absolute daily surrender yes and I know when I draw close to him he'll draw close (laughs) that's his promise and so I'm not waiting on something to happen I lived for so long and waiting on the next thing to happen because Jesus happened yay and he's still happening he's he's happening all the time and he was waiting on my surrender come on okay so Jesus happened to you and he keeps happening and he's happening now I just want to hear 
a little bit. Tell the people like how after all of this surrender and all of this dying to yourself and all of these dreams being given back to the Lord in your hands, I, I picture you like literally opening your hands up from this like clenched fist for years, like yes. you opening your hands and God actually not only delivering you of all these mindsets, but now he's giving you back these these desires that he had originally given you. He just wanted to write through his story. And yeah. so talk about like where you're at, where you're at now, what you're doing, the job that you mm-hmm. have, which you just told me earlier is your dream job. And that's beautiful. But the best part is that you're not holding on to it as if it's your identity and calling and purpose because you know, he is now right. and he yeah. can use you in ministry. Sure. You're back in ministry, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So will you tell me like, tell us what you're doing? What's your daily life like now? I'm a biblical counselor at Rock House Center. So cool. Here in the area, Nashville, Tennessee. But we do see clients from all over. And I've been a client. It's biblical, Holy hey. Spirit-like counseling. Yes, Baylor told me about yes. this job, actually. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, this That's is how I found out about it. And is, I don't know how I didn't know about this it. This is kind of full circle right here. This is how this all wraps up in a beautiful bow. But I guess a year and a half ago, I started going to Rock House Center for my own counseling experience, which is kind of a story in and of itself but basically I I had to die to some pride because I had grown up going to counseling and I thought I was done I didn't need counseling anymore I found Jesus hallelujah who is the greatest counselor the mighty counselor but when it's biblical counseling um we need that like we need more biblically sound counseling in our generation um and especially like it's just so cool that you're like a younger you know quote-unquote younger counselor who it doesn't matter like the age in the kingdom, like God is God. And so he can use you with a 55 year old or a, you know, a 15 year old. It doesn't matter. And so, yeah, I go to this counseling, um, place and basically told Angelica about it and she was finishing her degree. Um, yes, I just completed my master's in marriage and family therapy, which was obedience (laughs) to the Lord and the most persecution I've probably ever faced in that graduate counseling program. Woo which is probably a whole another episode another day. But, um, so she, she finishes her master's and, and basically goes into rock house and gets interviewed and hired like what on the spot. They started to pursue me as I expressed interest. I'm like, God, what are you doing here? So I'm yeah. in prayer. They're in prayer. I think it I told so Beth about beautiful. you. I think I, I think I walked in and like told the, the, um, the staff about my friend Angelica, who's finishing, you know, her master's and she needs a job. And like, I don't know if y'all are looking, but, and they're very, um, picky. And and so it's just so cool. Like how the Lord very led by the spirit. And I was sitting there in the background thinking, God, I refuse to compromise at that point. It's like, if I have to build a private practice, which was sort of the direction I didn't know to go, I would rather, um, do anything else than, um, sit here and, and something, and I, I want to be transparent about this, something Cheyenne sat down and told me once that changed a lot, you know, when I was praying through what to do after school and what God had for me is, can you sit across from someone who wants to take their own life and not point them to Jesus? Whew. And I've been in that situation several times actually. And the answer is no, there is no hope. He is the counselor. He is the comforter. (laughs) And so when I surrendered at all, my plan, he just kind of plopped me here. And the one thing that he's reminded me of constantly, because I never feel adequate. I never feel equipped. I say often, I feel like a little baby that doesn't know what I'm doing, but because we all are. Yes. Holy spirit. And so he told me, um, 
continue to be counseled by me. I'll counsel through you. And so every day, my focus, you can't see me, but I'm looking up is vertical. Yes. No matter who's across from me, God, what are you saying? I'm listening (laughs) to say what he's saying. Yes. And I'm just a little human and I, a little sheep. Just like the people that sit in your office, you know? And And I can truly say that I hold it all so loosely. There's not pressure. Yes. It's a miracle. I'm not holding everyone's everything, which I used to. Thank you, Jesus. And be like starving myself and dying. And that's a story in its own. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So much shame. I mean, there was so much before, um, you know, like in one moment. So I was set free of an eating disorder. But in that moment, there was a light shed that explained years of my running and hiding Whoa. um and repentance really brought freedom and humility brought healing and thank you lord i didn't recognize the bondage i was in until i was out of it Woo, me and either. so i'm seeing that happen every day in clients knowing <laughs> that there's always more peace promised to us you know he never leaves us for <laughs> forsakes us and thank you god i love the scripture um that says nothing can ever separate us from the love of god Neither height or death, angels or demons, fears for today or worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. (laughs) And that is true. And I, you know, I've I've faced so much division that it's so redemptive to just be sitting with people and realize that nothing in this world can separate you from the love of God. He is love despite preach what you've been separated from and so control and anxiety that's self-preservation and fear and not preserving his presence and realizing he can truly do what I cannot I can't do anything on my own apart from him I can't do a thing and so what I love is I'm in a job by the grace of God and it's it's so humbling where every single day (laughs) I'm in that complete dependence and I'm just thinking about that right now I asked um years ago God I never want to be out of this place like the heart posture when everything crashed and burned and died and I didn't know what I was going to (laughs) do I never wanted to lose that utter dependence of every single day I wake up and God you are still with me what do you have before me today and he's just been reminding me and confirming in his word that he's leading me by the hand (laughs) and so relationship with him is a choice and I get to choose every single day to be thankful and and choose him and let him in and receive his love um and and he does that yeah um, for all of us for anyone who's who's willing who surrenders their heart to him and it's the best choice you could ever make. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll and enter into that rest. Yeah. I mean, I never knew about that. Me either. Truly, till I moved here. No. I didn't know rest was a actual rest and peace and right. joy, which, by the way, is just in Jesus. Like, I didn't know. Yes. And I trust. Yeah. I didn't know rest was like a tangible place in mm-hmm. the spirit that I could enter. And then it would like manifest in the physical. Right. Like, and it I doesn't actually... mean we're trouble free. No. But we can stay steady in him who... He is unchanging when everything else is. <laughs> always And that's changing. always been what I find comfort in is that God never changes. Amen. I mean, none of us plan for a pandemic, <laughs> you know, but God in his mercy and kindness is clearly not surprised. And he is so, um, he's sovereign and perfect and holy and he knows the end from the beginning mm-hmm. and he's just so good. And I just love your story, Jill, because mm-hmm. like, 
I just feel the love of God like on you as you're even speaking, you know, like just it's so cool to think I about. I, I love thinking about that, like your little 14 year old dream, you know, not only was to ride horses and be like in the movie Seabiscuit. I'm just kidding. Oh but like, which, by the way, that was the last movie I cried over. <laughs> and Angelica reminds me often. Um, but not only that, but then like in high school, college, you dreamed to be basically a counselor you just did probably didn't call it that. and then I said I'm never gonna do that and I ran the other direction right but that was really all about me I know. and I'm not the point so hallelujah <laughs> every single day I get to get live live free and Thank light you, Jesus his yoke is easy and his burden is light yes and so there was so much I mean I even talked to a friend recently from college and she's like you would just kind of talk about the same thing over and over and over and over. And like, I would just freak out and not be able to go to the dining hall and like the level of anxiety. It is an absolute miracle. Yeah. Um, how I live now. And I don't Thank take you, a Lord. moment of it for granted. And of course the enemy tries Jesus. to right. come back with those thoughts. And you know, it's not just like one day everything changes, no. but there's a daily choice and a daily decision. Yeah. No, I'm going to remember I'm loved. Yes. And and, and we're both through. have and, your way in my life. And we're all being sanctified until the day we meet Jesus. Absolutely. Like I'm sure there there are days where you are tempted to be anxious. It's not like she's oh, just yeah. a robot. I have so much to learn. I mean, they're okay, so we're so layered. Like I talked about um the eating thing. Yeah. That is something that I had so much dark shame about for so long because it's something that I had from about when the time my parents got divorced wow. because of the control. It's something I could control. And I didn't even realize that. I was in some major denial, I think, but I, I was sick a lot from that. And that carried out into my walk of faith, into yeah. my life here in Nashville. And by the mercy of God, there were dreams revealed. He told me to invite my pastor in. Just Thank you, Lord. Massive marking moments where obedience to him and hearing his voice, <laughs> he brought the freedom. And I was set free in a car on the way to Alabama with one question. What was it? Do you feel like um, hunger is weakness Ooh! or something like that? Ooh! Like, is it weak? Wow. And I would, I would feel like I can't like, don't eat, be strong. Like you can handle it. You don't need food. Wow. Like weird, like really s extreme twisted. Pretty lies. twisted. Yeah. And that was something I held a lot of shame about and don't, didn't let anyone in on because it had been there for so long and I'm a believer and aren't I to be free now? And Woo! if, you know, if, if I live free, then, you know, I was running away at church on my lunch break downing a nice coffee and trying not to pass out. And it was total bondage. <laughs> and I didn't realize I was free. So the anxiety level, absolutely massive. And I've, I've repented a lot for speaking into girls Thank in that very Lord. issue when I was still actively bound. Which but is a very so faithful serious thing. There have been Thank so many you, dreams. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks, He's our Joe. healer. He knows everything you need. He knows everything. So any final thoughts? I want you to pray in a second. Oh. Pray us out. But if you have any any remaining thoughts. Um, I think what I would say, I love, there's Psalm 18, verse 20 in the message says, God rewrote the text of my life when I opened the book of my heart to his eyes. And he truly did that. Woo! <laughs> He rewrote the text of my life. Me too. <laughs> not from what my eyes were on. My eyes weren't on him. It was on the plan. You know, something I love that my pastor said is, um, it doesn't say seek the plan with your whole heart. It's seek him with your yes. whole heart. And he promises to be found. So now I'm just obsessed with him, um, living in the most peace, joy, and freedom I ever actually have. 
And I think I would say mm -hmm. your life really isn't that important. It's all about eternity, eternal perspective. Strive only to enter into rest. Yeah. And know that being in love with God and receiving his love is the best place you could ever be. <laughs> and if you find him, you found real life. You found everything. And nothing in this world can satisfy what only he can. And there's always, always, always more. And I would also say self-condemnation is from the enemy. When you're beating yourself up, um, you're agreeing with the accuser over your life. Right. And Whew. our job, you know, isn't to keep our own heart in peace when our eyes are on him. So what are you looking at? What are you feeding on? Yeah. What is the motive? You know, there's so much Oof. in the heart. So allow him to renew your mind. Yeah. Um, through the word. I love that. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. That was a lot. I don't know. No, that's great. That's great. Um, okay. Will you pray for, for us and, and just pray that people will encounter him and whatever else is on your heart. Just pray us out. Yes. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that this is just another day um, that you've created and there are new mercies, Lord. And there's yeah. always more of you that you're always available. You're always accessible. And so I pray over every heart, every person, wherever you're at right now, whether you're in your car or your house or mm -hmm. with kids or at your job yeah. or at the end of your rope, that that is um, that is a beautiful place to be. We're blessed when we recognize our need of you. So I pray you, that every person out there would recognize their need of you, that they have nothing Ooh. apart from you, God. I pray for eyes to see and ears to hear what you are doing, what your spirit's saying, yes, and that Lord. those who don't know you would be drawn by you, by your spirit, <laughs> to know their love by you. They're not the exception to your love, and you want their love back. Yes. You want our affection. And so, God, I thank you that there are no hard cases for you, that nothing is impossible for you. And what seems really hard to us and impossible, um, that's easy for you. You're the God of everything ever, yet you care for our little hearts. You care for us. <laughs> I pray that um, people would encounter you, that they would encounter your love, Lord, and that they wouldn't seek the plan or the purpose or the dream, that they would allow you to, to do your work in their heart. Yes, God. God, we need you and we want you. We love I you, pray Lord. that every person would just experience your love and your touch and that they would seek you as counselor, as comforter. Yes. As mighty that everything they need is in you and in your word. I pray you bring your word alive to every ear under the sound of my voice now and that, that your word, that you would confirm by your Holy Spirit in your word what you are saying individually to every heart, God. Thank you, Lord. You know what we need. I thank you that in you is everything we need, that there's an answer for every pain, every struggle, every hurting heart yes, in Lord. your word, God. Thank you, Jesus. And so I thank you for more more fear of the Lord and comfort of the Holy Spirit now that your presence would just be tangibly felt. Yeah. Um, and your love would just wrap around every person. Thank you for more freedom, more joy. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Rest.